Aurora with Supercharged Science, Homeschool Science Curriculum for K-12. through And today we're going to talk about how to teach science in a way that really sticks without kids being bored, frustrated, without you having to be an expert or spending a ton of time on it. Now, if you like this and you want more, go to my website, www.superchargedscience.com slash homeschool. And you'll, have, you'll see like a resource guide you can download um, and that's yours for free. If you like this and you want more, it's a great place to go. Superchargedscience.com slash homeschool and uh, you can get that resource there. Okay, so when most people think about science curriculum, including professors and teachers in regular classrooms, what do they do? They pull out a textbook, right? <laughs> so um, this is like trying, trying to drive a car with the muffler. <laughs> so textbooks are really important, really key. They're great resources and they're great guidebooks, but it's not a curriculum. And here's why. So if you're going to teach your kids science, it's important to understand the difference and also the different tools that you have available. So the first thing before you start any project, whether you're going to make a quilt, whether you're going to build a house, whether you're going to educate a kid, you've got to get clear on what your goal is. What is your educational goal? What is the thing at the end of the year? You're like, when you reach there in June or September, when your year, whenever your year ends, you're like, Phew, we did an awesome job. Ding, ding, right? You get to ring the bell. So just make sure it's really clear what your goal is. So if your goal is to read this book, well, that's a goal, right? Okay, so what does that mean? That means that when most people pull out a, a book, like perhaps maybe as parents, you or I were educated, you know, we pull out the book and we read and we do the exercises, we turn in the homework and see how much stuff we memorize and could spit back on an exam and maybe we got a good grade, maybe we didn't. Um, so that's th this is a tool. This is like a hammer in a toolbox. So this is only one of the tools that you have available when you are trying to reach your educational goals of educating your kid. So what are some of the other tools you have? So some of the tools you want to use in a certain sequence in certain order, right? Like you wouldn't try to nail in, um, hammer in a nail with like a shoe, right? You would use a hammer. But you want to make sure that you line up the fence posts first before you start hammering. If you just start hammering into the ground, that's not going to work so well. So what are some of the tools that you have available to you? So as a homeschooler, especially as one who's doing a lot of things, taking care of home, maybe running a business, maybe doing accounting, maybe doing any number of millions of things, taking care of elderly, whatever else you have going on, sometimes it can really detract from your attention with um, teaching, especially when it comes to science. And science doesn't have to be big and fancy and busy and huge. It doesn't have to be gi this gigantic, titanic task. It can be really simple. Now, let me explain. So if you want your kids, suppose your lesson is in, um, let's just pick one, suppose it's in electricity. And you don't have to know, most people don't even know how electricity works. And when they walk into a room, they know they flip the switch and the lights come on, right? So what do you do? Well, it's really simple. Uh, it's actually, I, I used to call it three steps, but people didn't like that because there were three, now there's two. <laughs> so the first step is to get your kids interested and excited about a topic before you start, before you pick up a textbook. You can't just hand a kid a textbook and say, here, read this, I'll see you at the end of the year. It doesn't work that way. You gotta get them interested and excited. So if you need to cover electricity and really all they're interested in is biology, you have to link the two somehow. So you can start with biology and maybe move into something like bioluminescence, talk about light, and you can even talk about nerve cells and start to talk about electric current, and then you can bring that into electricity. So there are a lot of different ways you can do this. So suppose you wanna talk about electricity. 
And you've got to get really clear on what it is you want to know. Before I even start teaching kids, I have in my mind one particular thing I want them to learn at the end of the lesson. And it could be at the end of a one-hour lesson, it could be at the end of a week. What's the one or maybe two, no more than three, concepts that they got to know? Um, and because if you don't know that, it, this is true when I was teaching at the university level in mechanical engineering. I would walk into that room before I walk into the auditorium of students. I always had one or two things I wanted them to know for sure at the end. And this could be higher pressure always pushes if we're talking about aerodynamics. It could be that um, uh, like charges repel for talking about electricity. So while you're looking through your curriculum, pick that one concept and then you have lots of different ways to fulfill that. Lots of different experiments that you can design. Uh, now remember, science isn't about memorizing a whole bunch of factoids. It's about getting your kids able to ask questions and get back answers. Design, an experiments to, uh, design their experiments to answer their questions. That's all science is. And so once you break it down that way, it's easy to teach science, right? You get them interested in the topic, you, start, you get them really excited about something. So for example, we talk about rocketry. I do a lot of live rocketry shows and I'll bring in big rockets. This is one of them. <laughs> um, actually, I didn't realize it was quite this big. This one's about six feet tall. Here's the back end. And we'll talk about combustion, we'll talk about fire, we'll talk about all that kind of stuff, right? So one of the things I will do is I usually have my hair back and my goggles on and so forth. And uh, we'll talk about fire and we'll also talk about fire safety. And um, to get them interested and excited to talk about rockets, you, know, you bring a cool rocket in here. I've got maybe 60% of the room, but I don't have everybody. So in order to do that, I'll do, for example, for because uh, I'm a professional educator, um, I'll do like a fire show. And so I will have um, a piece of toilet paper in my hand like this, and I'll say, hey, so I have a piece of toilet paper and I have a piece of, say, regular paper. I suppose I've got a piece of regular paper in my hand, just a regular, here it is, sheet of paper in my hand, and I'll say, what's the difference? And they'll say, well, imagine they're the same size, and they'll say, well, which ones have the fibers that are really close together and which ones are really more spread out? You know, what's the difference between these two? And they'll say, well, toilet paper is softer. This one has the fibers that are more spread out, so that means there's more airflow, there's more oxygen. Which one's going to burn faster? Oh, maybe this one, right? So I'll say, okay, let's try it. And so we'll count down in three, two, one, whoop, and it completely disappears. So the kids are like, wow, what happened, right? They're interested and excited about the topic. Now, you don't have to set things on fire. You can do it in many, many different ways, very simple ways. You can do baking soda and vinegar, but heat up the baking soda and add a little spoonful of um, so, uh, uh, soap to the vinegar. And then do your experiments. It's going to be different than the traditional way. There are tons of things you can do. You can make a laser microscope out of a little dollar store laser and a tiny little um, paper clip. That's on my website. You can look at that. Super simple. And and you can use the projection method to see the microbes that are in your dog dish. So super simple. There's a million different experiments that are out there that you can do. So the kids are excited, right? They're like, oh my gosh, this is great. Okay, so now is where you do academics because now they're interested. They're like, why did it burn so quickly? Why did that thing just go like, why is there no ash? And this is where you pull it out and you're like, hey, I don't know. Let's look it up together. And now you're using the textbook like a tool. Make sense? Okay, so... For electricity, I know there are a lot of people out there who are like, oh, I don't know how to teach electricity to my kids. I thought I would do this really quick for you, super simple, take a couple of notes. This is all you got to teach your kids. See, in order to teach kids new stuff, you got to link it to what they already know, something they're already familiar with. That's the way it sticks. So for electricity, oh, and so this is how you're not driving the car by the muffler, using the right parts for the right job, right? Okay, so for electricity, you say, okay, 
So kids like water, right? You say, who likes to play with water? And everyone's like, me! Okay, especially if it's a hot day. You say, all right, imagine I give you this hose, okay? And I connect it to itself, okay? And I fill it full of water. It's a hose connected to itself, totally full of water. And the kids are like, yeah, big deal. <laughs> you say, it's okay, stick with me. How do we get the water to go around in the hose? And kids may say, well, you can shake it or you can spin it. And like, yeah, well, maybe, but what does a fountain use? Oh, a fountain. Okay, it's got that thing in there, right, that pulls in water into a pump and spits it out, right? So we've got the pump here. Okay, so as it's going around here, if Facebook Live is going to reverse this, so if I put, let's see if I can do it backwards, P-U-M-P. Did that work? Can you read it? Okay. <laughs> okay, so the pump's going around and around, right? Is that kind of interesting? Eh, not yet, right? So what if we put something over here? Have you ever seen these things before? It's a water wheel, right? So what happens when this thing comes over, to, it's like a propeller for the water, uh, comes over here and pushes on these veins, what happens? Yeah, the veins turn and they spin around, right? And then the water comes out the bottom and then it comes back around. You say, okay, so this is a water wheel. We got the pump here. This is the water going around in the hose. So in an electric circuit, this is your battery, this is your thing, could be your motor, could be your um, LED, could be your light bulb, could be your buzzer, could be a million different things, right? The water is your current, your electric current, and the hose itself, that's gonna be your wire. So you see how we're relating these two things together? And so the kids are like, wow, okay, I get it, right? So now you start asking questions. You say, okay, what if I take this pump out, turn it around and put it back in? Will this work in reverse, yes or no? And the answer is maybe. It depends. So if this is a motor, then yes. A typical like DC motor, yes, this will work forwards and reverse. You know, because sometimes these things are only designed for one way. Like LEDs don't work both ways. They work one way, but not another. It's like a one-way street for electricity, light-emitting diode. Anytime you hear the word diode, it's a one-way street for electricity. Okay, so it doesn't work both ways. Buzzers don't work both ways. Um, but the old-fashioned incandescent lights, like for flashlights and stuff, those work both ways. Um, so, you, so you have to try it. So if you build your circuit and your motor's going in the wrong direction, your robot's going in the wrong direction, all you do, now the kids know, and you don't have to tell them, they're like, oh, I just switched the wires, and then it goes in the reverse direction. <laughs> or if I try it and the LED doesn't light up, what does that mean? It means it's picky about plus and minus, no problem, let's just switch it. So it's okay if they don't know the words for polarity or that sort of thing. Um, they understand the concepts, which is so much more important, that is key. All right, so you come in here and you're like, oh, already? Now what happens if we put a gate in here, like or we open it and you say, okay, well, when you brush your teeth, what am I always telling you? Oh yeah, to, to like turn off the water, right? Between the brush, you know, between not using it. Like, okay, how do you do that? Well, we pull a thing or turn a thing, right? In the faucet. Okay, so that is like putting a gate down and up, right? So that's called a valve or in an electric circuit, what's that called? called a switch. Let's see if I can write backwards. Um, okay, so the S is going to go this way. How'd I do? Did I get most of the letters right? So, okay, so this is a switch, right? All right, now what happens if I bust this pipe open? I take a crowbar and I just, and the water starts leaking out, right? What eventually happens to the water wheel? That stops, right? Why? Because the water is, has somewhere else to go. This is what happens when you have an open circuit. So if you're Connections don't make a circle. A circuit looks like a circle. Um, you have an open, and that same thing is going to happen here. 
And so, um, so this is just an analogy. This is just a way to relate what kids already know to some new concepts. So you can already see here, you've got all kinds of new topics that you can reference. And now you can give your kids the wires, the batteries, the motors, and they've got the background. So you're not on the hot seat when they're like, hey, it doesn't work. And you're like, well, go back to our, go back to our thing here. We, does it look like the hose that we talked about? And you're like, and the kids usually 95% of the time will be like, oh, I got it, I got it, I got it. And they'll be fine. So and this is an easy way to empower your kids because you want them coming to themselves, not to you, to solve their problems, right? So anytime something doesn't work, you should not be the first one that they go to. So if you hear things like, uh, what do I got to learn this for? How come I got to learn that? Or is this really important? Or when am I ever going to use this? You know that you've been putting your textbook or your curriculum before the cart before the horse, right? You've been driving with the muffler. You've been, you've been doing things a little backwards. You need to understand the why before you actually deliver it to the kids. They have to have it inside that they want to learn this stuff, that it's so exciting. And it's your job to stack the deck, and that's actually where you, I spend about probably about 70% of my time is on the why and getting them engaged. And then about 20 to 30% is on delivering the academics because Honestly, once kids are interested in a topic, it's easy to teach them, super easy. So I hope this has been helpful. One, oh, one thing um, I can, one tip that's helpful to keep in mind as you go through this is there may be times when experiments don't work and that is super important in that moment for you to jump in there and leave your kids alone. <laughs> Honestly, I see more kids getting frustrated and upset and their parents swoop in or their, and their well-meaning teachers swoop in and it doesn't allow the kids to feel the feelings of frustration because all frustration means is I have an expectation that's here and I'm here and I just haven't gotten there yet. That's all it means. So unfortunately, a lot of parents go in and are like, oh, it's okay, I don't want you to feel that way. Let me see if I can fix it for you. And you're giving your kid that message that says, you don't have what it takes, you need me to solve this one for you. And that's not what you want. You want your kids to be able to say, hey mom, whoa, 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 I got this. Go do your thing. I'll call you when I need you. Um, you want the kids to know that they've got what it takes. And that is a, a, a path in their life that you lay brick by brick by brick. And each one of those bricks is each one of those little wins where they're like, yes, I got it. Yes, I made dinner all by myself. Or yes, I did this by myself. Yes, every one of those builds and builds and builds until you get to a beautifully laid foundation that's called confidence, self-esteem, self-worth. And kids feel amazing. And those kids are unstoppable. So before you swoop in and help your kids because they're frustrated about something, it's okay for them to sit in it for a little while. You be a good judge with your kids whether it's too much because you don't want them frustrated and then they're turned off to science forever. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about initially when they get upset where they see something and what they've done isn't a match and they, or they see something in their head and it isn't a match. You see artists like this all the time. They have a picture in their head of what it should look like. They draw something or they paint something amazing and everybody's like, wow, and the artist is like, yeah, but <laughs> it just means it, it isn't quite where they think it should be. Um, now, true, a lot of kids are hard on themselves and so they see, unfortunately, this is driven by media, they'll see a lot of this perfect science experiments, they'll see the perfect teacher and she'll, she'll not or he won't have any spots on their clothes at all from their past experiments that blew up or whatever didn't go right and, and the experiment will go step one, step two, step three and perfect finish and that's not science. Science is about you got a question, you figure out a result uh, that, you, that you hopefully think you're going to get and you design an experiment to see if you, your guess was right 
and most of the time it's not and you miss something and you go back and you refine it it's messy it's wet sometimes it catches on fire but that's what science is so allowing your kids to experience that process is what's going to help them learn to think like a scientist have that great confidence so again just to recap, <laughs> this is Aurora, by the way, if you just joined me, Supercharged Science. Um, and what I just wanted to recap is that your job as a parent is not to have all the answers. Your job is to help them asking better questions, good questions such as, well, I guess you didn't expect that to happen. What's going on? Um, you know, if kids have an experiment that didn't go right and they're feeling frustrated, don't get hooked. Just say, hey, so what's going on? You know, how can I help? Tell me about it. And sometimes just talking it out is good. Uh, it can be really helpful for the kids too. Going out for an ice cream, getting detached in the moment, especially if they've got like a um, like a steel claw grip on what it is they're doing and they're dealing with and they're stuck. Um, just get them out, get a drink of water, go walk around the house and then come at it again. Say, all right, tell me about it. What's really going on here? Um, okay, so remembering that you don't have to be on the hot seat for answers. You just are on the sidelines as a guide saying, hey, you know, I... You know, I don't know what you're doing here, but I'm happy to support that. Relating stuff, new stuff, to stuff that you already know. This is how to explain electricity using um, for water, for example. A lot of kids have experience with water. Um, and also doing things that before you pick up that science curriculum textbook and hand it to your kids, um, because this, you know, this is not a science education. It's a textbook, which is a resource you use to educate your child. Um, you're getting them interested and excited about their topic. So if you're studying buildings or civil engineering or tension and compressive forces, or if you're studying forces at all, <laughs> you could start building popsicle stick bridges across the uh, across the, um, the the room using your coffee tables, using popsicle sticks and. Um, uh, glue guns and so forth and you can actually build ones that hold 50 pounds uh, if you do it right and you do some geometry in there do a little trigonometry do a little force analysis um, and so there's tons of ways to do this and then do it successfully and do it and have a blast with your kids because this stuff science can be really heavy and boring if you don't know if you don't watch out and remember why you're doing it in the first place. Okay, so this is Aurora. I hope this has been helpful. Those are some of my best homeschooling tips for keeping things fun, boredom-free, frustration-free, hassle-free. Just go out there, roll around with your kids, have a great time. If you'd like to get that guidebook that I mentioned, if you want more help doing this, uh, go to www.superchargedscience.com slash homeschool. Superchargedscience.com slash homeschool. And you can download that free guide. And I look forward to hearing from you soon. And I will see you next time. Bye, everyone.